Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to thepetecalendarshow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. Second hour now underway on the Pete Callender Show. Former Congressman, former WBT talk host, Jason Lewis in for Pete today. He's back on Monday. But the other day I was uh, reading the Wall Street Journal and sort of will categorize this under the, uh, the phrase, under the category, poetic justice, because it was in the journal. And I read where Newsmax ratings have doubled in the second quarter to the point where they're higher now than they were after the 2020 election. And I thought, ooh, there's something something changing in the media, in conservative media. So I got to thinking, who better to have on to talk about this than the host of The Balance on Newsmax, Eric Bowling, very popular host over there. And he joins us now on uh, the Pete Callender program with Jason Lewis. Eric, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jason. Good to be with you. Good to be with you. Yeah, that was kind of an interesting um, article, wasn't it? Written by the Wall Street Journal, owned by Rupert Murdoch, which also <laughs> be on Fox News. Okay. It was pretty comical coming from the Journal, I, I have to say. Um, so, first of all, congratulations. Um, you guys are, are doing really well. To what do you attribute that? Now, obviously, Rupert's going native lately and, and has his Fox. But it's got to be a little bit more than that. There's There's been so many technological shifts in media, whether it's talk radio or television or what have you. Something's going on. Yeah. So, Jason, I, it, listen, I've been here a little over two years at Newsmax, and, and it, it's always kind of a struggle to, to you know, to get yeah. noticed with, with Fox and with their, their huge megaphone. And, and when, you know, about a year ago, well, a couple of years ago, Paul Ryan was put on the board. They started to move a little bit, a little bit more to the center. About a year ago, they started to do things like these, the you know, pro LGBTQ Pride Month uh, last June. They did this, and then hey, it worked the for Bud. Mob, the bulk mob started to get a little bit bigger and bigger. And then when they bounced Tucker Carlson, I mean, we have a clear line of demarcation here. When they fired Tucker and they had gave no reason for it. You know, we just said, wow, and that was an immediate. My show, I, I was the biggest beneficiary. I, I, I'm at mm. 8 o'clock on Newsmax, and, and I tr- almost tripled in, in ratings overnight. Right. Overnight, almost tripled. Um, but I've held the vast majority of that. So I, I, it was clearly that that people were very tuned into what Tucker Carlson was saying, and he was holding them through prime time. And right. so I, I think you'll see, and, and obviously uh, I believe that, the, the audience has now um, had enough of, of Fox management. So they took Tucker away. They took Bill O'Reilly away years ago. They, they went and, and you know, called Arizona for Joe Biden yeah, first. Right. And, 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 and those are all things. They all it started up. before Carlson, but that, that, yeah, it started before Carlson, but that was the last straw, I think, for a lot of people. Uh, you know, what's interesting, and I've got an anecdote myself to share on that, but Carlson and yourself and others, but but there is a new conservatism out there now that Trump has brought on, and it's sort of a nationalism, it's sort of a populism, but it's, it's, it's not the old Republican school, Eric, where, well, if a corporate tax cut won't fix it, don't talk about it. Um, yeah. You can't close your eyes to what's happening on these cultural issues anymore, 
And that's what the sort of the board of directors over at that other network want people to avoid. Yeah, you're right. They're 100 percent right. Um, it, 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 it's it's uh, I, I, you know Tucker and I and Greg Gutfeld and a handful of others were always a, a leaning a bit libertarian. But if you take, and what we've done is we've taken the libertarian concept and made it a little bit more pop, popular. That's right. It, That's it's, right. it's really where America is and where it's, where it's heading, right? So the old school Republican conservatism, you know, the, the Romneys and the Mitch McConnells, yep. Paul Ryan's, they, they, America doesn't want that anymore. They don't want that. They don't care about you know, it as much. Let's get involved in every war we possibly can think exactly. of. Exactly. You know, let's spend all. Well, I think that's the real hidden money. agenda, by the way. I do think globalism and foreign intervention is is the issue that dare not speak its name. In the look, I, I served on the budget committee, and I can tell you the quid pro quo amongst the House Uber hawks who will get in bed with Chuck Schumer for, to, to plus up the Pentagon, and they'll give Schumer anything he wants, and all of a sudden our national debt's thirty one trillion dollars. I saw that up yeah, close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and, that's, that's the old school. That's the establishment. I would call yeah. them rhinos. They get mad. At it. But look, you know, the, the new it feels like the newer conservatism is a little less. Well, certainly against foreign wars that don't benefit us and basically bailing out people who hate us anyway. It's insane. Right. And I think Trump was was <clears throat> right along those lines. Like he he was against. You know, getting involved in any of these wars, he, he said, if we had to get involved in in the Iraq War, well, then they better pay us with oil. You know, he's yeah, right. right. Like, there's, there's no reason to continue to send hundreds of billions of dollars to to foreign countries who would never raise their citizens' taxes to help us. So why why do we do it here? Um, and that's what we are: small government, smaller government, and. That's a bit of a new guard. The COVID thing really crystallized this, though, didn't it, Eric? The COVID phenomenon where you saw unbridled, power-hungry politicians and governors, especially my home state of Minnesota, where they they exploited a public health challenge to to bring the hammer down on the whole country, on speech, you name it. I think that was a turning point as well. Yeah. You're from Minnesota, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> how, did you, how did you make it out? Of Not that? anymore. <laughs> so, yeah, look, I, I, it's a new world. It's a new um, era. I, you know, whether or not Trump is able to, to beat by, it looks like it's Trump's nomination to lose. It'll be the guy probably. And, you know, how, however it goes in, in the general election, I think the rest of the country is going to be, you know, next 10, 15 years, maybe even the next, I don't know, generation, I think if it's not Trump, I think we're going to be in trouble. I think you're going to get Biden, you're going to get Bidenomics, you're going to get LGBTQ in your face, left and right, more than you want. People will say you're fired if you call me by the wrong pronoun. Meanwhile, I can't tell if you're a boy or a girl anyway, so what do you want me to say? It's insane. And meanwhile, Mitch McConnell says, and Mitch McConnell says the most important issue in front of us is Ukraine. This is the disconnect, yeah. right? Well, I mean... There you go. How can we spend more more taxpayer money right. well, while they're operating on your children? Yeah, yeah, it's total insanity. Year, years ago, I did 25, 30 years of talk radio before I got to Congress, Eric, and I'll tell you, years ago, I had somebody from the Wall Street Journal on, and I can't remember who the columnist was. I don't think she's there anymore. 
But I don't know if you had this experience, but I, I wanted to shift. I think she had written a book or something, so naturally she'd come on and promote that. But I wanted to shift gears into one of these cultural issues or something. She literally hung up on me live. I can't talk about this. I can't. T- the editorial vice grip on those employees there, I couldn't believe. Yeah, I, it, which makes it even more shocking that the Wall Street Journal wrote that article, you know, touting the, the Newsmax uh, in, uh, audience increase. At, at, you know, at the expense mm-hmm. of Fox, like they put up their new their new primetime lineup, and it's done better than it was while Tucker was gone. But it's nowhere near right. what it was when Tucker was here. For example, you know, the eight o'clock show I'm up against is probably the biggest increase in the in the last two weeks from when Tucker was gone. They're up six or seven hundred thousand, but they were down a million, one million, two. Mm-hmm. So it, 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 it's really interesting what's going on over at, at, at Fox. I mean, we, I call them out because I went, I spent 11 years there. You know? Well, that's why I brought up that story. Uh, yeah. No, but that's yeah. why I brought up that story. Did they have an iron, did they have a grip on their host? You can say this, you can't go here, you can't go there. The host, no. No, no, Roger was, was more along the lines of Roger let you individual shows and individual, um, talent and say, you know, within, you, know, so you, you get too far out over your skis, they'll call you in and say, hey, are you sure you want to be here on this? Like, mm-hmm. that's rich stuff. It's, you know, I mean, yeah. sometimes the conspiracy theory rabbit yeah. hole gets, you can get dangerous and they're right about that. But generally, you, ne- you don't, never got the call. I will tell you on the, on the editorial side with the papers, newspapers, the Wall Street Journal, Murdoch had a lot to say about about the direction of the editorial there. Way far more than the editorial board at the mm-hmm. Wall Street Journal. That, everything that hit that those papers. Remember, Wall Street Journal is Murdoch's baby. He paid well, my story though was it. before Murdoch, but but yeah, go ahead. Okay, all right, all right. But well, you look, all I'm all I'm saying is I was watching Tucker numerous times, and I'm going. How long can is this guy going to be on the air? I, I I had that thought more than once, even when I was in Congress I, watching him. I got I, I got well. So when I was there, and I knew I know Tucker well right now. I knew him then too, and, and I know the whole the whole uh, the crew, the man, people in management. And Tucker always was very close to the Murdochs. It was always understood that mm-hmm. you know he almost had like immunity. He could think that yeah. no one else was really you know able to do because he had immunity. He was super successful. And he had, yeah, you know, he had the Tucker show, but he also had all the shows on Fox Nation. He was a, a content um, yep. machine, producer right, machine, right, right. and they let him do it. And 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 I, I, for the life of me, I have no idea why they bought Tucker. I, like they could have done, they could have made their point in so many other ways. Just and he doesn't know either. I mean, well, you know what? Guess who's benefited? Uh, the balance with Eric Bowling on Newsmax, and uh, I think it's giving you guys a boost, and competition is good, so just keep keep doing what you're doing, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, we're filling the lane that Fox vacated. They wanted to be a little bit more centrist and left, you know, inclusive to, to the center and left, and so be it. Well, I mean, like him or not, whatever, the guy was the best TV human yeah. being that ever walked the earth. Um and and he saw the the, the void in, in the true conservative voice in America because right. everything was left and going further left. And he filled the void with Fox News for 24 years. In the last year, year and a half, they've decided to make it a little bit more centrist. They want to, you know, cast mm. a wider net for audience members. That's fine. Legacy, we'll pick up legacy advertisers is what they want, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true, too. You're 100% All right. right. Eric Bowling, The Balance, 8 p.m. on Newsmax. Thanks for joining us, Eric. Have a great one.
Anytime, Jason. Thanks for having me. Bye. You bet. My pleasure. I'm Jason Lewis. Back to your phone calls when we return. Stick around. Oh, hey, real quick. Before I forget, Carolina Readiness Supply is prepping for its annual Heritage Life Skills event. It's coming up in July, and you can learn how to be better prepared and self-sufficient in the event of any emergency. Things like homesteading, canning, water storage, radio communications, herbal remedies, home defense, fermenting vegetables, all sorts of stuff. This is what Carolina Readiness Supply does. For beginners all the way to the most experienced preppers, Carolina Readiness Supply can help. Get your tickets now at carolinareadiness.com. That's carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? This is a Beetle Bumper Friday rolls on on the Pete Callender program. I'm Jason Lewis. My thanks to Eric Bowling of Newsmax. Very, very uh, keen insights into the future of media and where it's going. On the one hand, you've got the, 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 the hardcore leftist corporations trying to boycott conservative talk. But then you add the technological changes with regard to the d- digitalization of media and podcasts and everything going online where, the, to be blunt, the revenue streams aren't as healthy it's a it's a brave new world uh, for all sorts of media right now. I don't have to tell anybody in this business, that's for sure. Anyway, 570-1110, that's 704-570-1110. Let's try to pick up where we left off so people aren't waiting uh, too long. Glenn, I think he was uh, on hold. If he's still there, Glenn, you're next up. All right, I'm still here. Glad to all have right, buddy. you. Appreciate you putting me on the show. I just want to say I was on the draw of 93 when I got my tickets. And I've still got two of the tickets when we went. And the first song they sung was Drive My Car. And I've got albums, 33 and a half albums. My granddaughter, my granddaughter wanted to know what they were. And I tried to explain to her that that's how we played music back then. Yeah, right. I'm looking at an old 1940s Zenith with a, a compartment in it in my office that that has a compartment for actually 78s and 33 and a third records um and i've got all the first issued beetle records in there the the albums and it's really quite amazing i'll tell you an interesting thing that emi did uh and people don't realize this but em i've been to abbey road and it was owned by emi studios for the longest time in emi record company that owned capital records the beatles were so popular in america in the 60s now, what EMI did, they would issue these British LPs that would have six or seven songs on a side or 12 to an album, right? They That's would correct. take off two songs from the British album, and over three albums, they'd create a new American album with those songs they left off in America. That's unreal. I didn't know that. I really didn't know. But I've got so many albums from so many groups that my granddaughter was amazed. Because I, I bet I still got 150, 200 of them that I bought through. Well, when hang I, on to them. Well, when I mean, that's a treasure. Really rock and roll, you know. No, no, that's a that's a treasure. That's really cool. Glenn, thanks so much for checking in. Appreciate your comments today. Appreciate your patience as well. Yeah, the the British version of the first Beatles album that skyrocketed was called With the Beatles, and it had 12 or 13 songs on it. When it was released by Capitol in America. It was called Meet the Beatles. It only had 10 songs on it. I think it was 10. It might have been 9 or 11. But a couple of songs were left off. Then it was the Beatles' second album. The same thing happened. They left off a couple. Well, by the time they got to the third or fourth album, they had another LP. And Capitol 
So if you look at the Beatles' original British releases, they were smaller in number than the American Capitol releases, and that's how popular these guys were at the time, and deservedly so. Uh, There'll never be anything like that. Without Elvis and the Beatles, there would be no rock and roll, folks. Just a fact. Just a fact. Larry, you're up uh, next on uh, the, or I should say, with Jason Lewis here on WBT. Hey, uh, I thought you were going to break there for a second. Well, I will be soon, uh, so I want to talk fire to away. You about uh, Dan, uh, Dan Bishop. Yep. And um, you talking about House Bill 2 a while ago. Yeah. I want to give you a little inside information that sure. you may or may not know. When Dan wanted to run that bill, we had to do a special session over the objection of Governor McCrory. And no. we passed it and all. And I was very proud of Dan. I'm very proud of getting that passed. And then um, the corporations and your sports leagues and all this yep. uh, attacked us. They weren't going to do anything in North Carolina and all this right, stuff because right, right, of right. it. And so Tim Moore and that bunch of cowards who run the General Assembly decided we had to repeal it. Well, I want you to know Dan stood firm. And he and 37 of the total of the 38 of us voted not to repeal it. And I'm proud to be part of that number. Now I'm dis- Well, Larry, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you as well. And it sounds like things haven't changed in Uptown these days or in Raleigh. This is exactly what Eric Bowling and I were talking about. There is this old Republican school that is afraid to take on the issues that mean something to average North Carolinians. They would rather do the bidding of corporate, corporate America. And that's exactly what you're talking about here. Yeah, and I'm disappointed that Dan's going to leave Congress because we really need him there. He's the only conservative North Carolina has up there. Well, thanks for calling, Larry. Appreciate your comments. It's been a long time I've heard your voice. We'll continue with these calls, though. Fascinating trivia and fun stuff here today on a Beetle Bumper Friday. I'm Jason Lewis. More coming right up. All right. Are you prepared for a disaster? Do you need some advice? Are you looking for a military surplus that's real? Well, for more than three decades, the answer has been Old Grouch's Military Surplus in downtown Clyde. It is an old-school, traditional store. It's got a mix of modern and vintage items. See my friend Tim? He'll hook you up. He gets new stuff in all the time, American-made, because it's real military surplus. Camo, shirts, hats, customized dog tags, gear... Old Grouches on Main Street, downtown Clyde, across the street from the anti-aircraft gun. The shop is open Monday through Saturday and all the time at oldgrouch.com. Okay, you want to continue our little trivia game with the most famous concert in Charlotte history, Paul McCartney Live at the Blockbuster Pavilion, 1993. I was there. I'm not dating myself, but people say, gee, Jace, how, how do you know so much about the Beatles? Well, I'm older than they are. Which is damn near impossible these days. I think McCartney's going to turn 80 and still going on tour. You may want to rethink that, given (laughs) the strength of his voice these days. But here's a little trivia question for you in the 1993 concert we've been talking about. I was there. I was on WBT at the time. I'm surprised how many of you were there. That's fun. But, you know, that's quality music, though, right? I mean, it brings out the best in everybody. Um, What was the encore song? It was a big hit, and there were a couple of them, but the big one in the encore. Surprised he didn't do it during the set, but I'm sure he saved it for the encore on that 
infamous night, McCartney live in the New World. At the Charlotte Charlotte Blockbuster Pavilion was huge as well when that came online, too. Um, a lot of fun here tonight. It's 5, 704 570 That's 570-1110. I'm Jason Lewis. Here is Rick, who's been waiting very, very patiently on WBT. Hey, Rick. Hey, Jason. Um, I was at that show, but I just wanted to tell you how great you've done this week. Um, just it's really nice to have you on the radio. Oh, thank um, you so much. Wonderful. And I was well, it's like riding a bike coming follow. back to BT. You never really forget how to do it. Man, I tell you, uh, you're doing a great job. And it was hard to it's, it's hard for me to follow Eric Bowling. I've been, I've been watching him since yeah. he was on the five, you know? Right. Um, and we've had some great guests this week. My thank, we've had some great guests this week. So my thanks to oh my to um, Chris um, and, and George in and 2017 and 2021 in um, Winston Salem, and he was just amazing. It was just really great and nice to see somebody who's 80 be able to do their job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Although know? he can't, he can, he doesn't even come close on the high notes anymore. Yeah, but, you know, it's um, back then in 93, you know, I was on the lawn. I thought the show was pretty good. I was more of a Ramones fan then. Oh, so wow. I wanted it uh, to be faster and louder. And the Ramones actually got their name from Paul McCartney because he used to check into hotels under the name uh, Phil, uh, Paul Ramone. Is that right? Yeah. Well, wasn't and, uh, it? Wasn't so it? When they were... Tr- Maybe on my mind is playing tricks on me, but wasn't it a guy named Phil Ramone that used to produce Billy Joel stuff? Yes, but this is different. Uh, okay. Paul checked under Paul Ramone. That's and hilarious. Said, well, I did not know that. For the Beatles, it's good enough for the Ramones. Yeah, you got that right. Speaking of great and, concerts, uh, it's hard to beat Billy Joel too. Yeah, I saw the Ramones like a hundred and six times, so uh, I still have some of my hearing left. What was their, yeah, they were loud. What was their big hit, though? They had a couple of pop hits. Yeah, uh, I Want to Be Sedated, uh, Pet Cemetery. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on. I'm not talking about Joe Biden's favorite hit, I Want to Be Sedated. <laughs> I'm talking. <laughs> I've got um, uh, a gold record here at my house of uh, their first single, uh, Blitzkrieg Bop, oh, wow. where they go, hey, ho, let's go, and that's played at all the stadiums now. Yeah. And they wrote that because they wanted to be like the Bay City Rollers that had the Saturday Night song. Yeah, right. A-T-U-R. Yep. So they decided that they needed a chant song. So, that's uh, wild they stuff. That. <laughs> that's so funny. That's so funny. You remember when Blockbuster came on board? That was a huge deal. That was a big deal, and it was a great show. I I remember it clearly. No, I mean I just the the venue though was so beautiful on a on a. I want to say it was June or July. It may have been it June. Was July, I remember. It was, it was July, right? Somebody well, else said it was June. I thought it was July. I was going to the University of Georgia in August for business school. Yeah, and that was my last hurrah here in Charlotte. Well, it was a great venue. I'll say that. Wow. But um, I've got about two hundred Beatle records. And I've got one of, one of the butcher covers because you were talking about oh, yeah. how they chopped up all those early records. Yep. And the Beatles did. You probably know all about the butcher cover. 
I sure do. When they had the little baby dolls on, it was Beatles yesterday and today, and that was one of those records that was created by Capitol. Right. That was not issued in Great Britain. But um, they they did the baby doll thing yep. as a uh, as a protest to EMI chopping up all of their albums. Yeah, yeah. That was that's a that's a great little uh, tidbit there. Now, who who of course this is how good the Beatles were, right? Um, the the the, the song uh, "Blackbird" is one of the most complicated. Um, guitar intros and, and, and methodologies there is, and it was played by the Beatles' bass player. <laughs> that right. just gives yep. you an idea how talented these guys were. And, of course, who was the, the real fifth Beatle? I think it was George Martin, if you took his contributions. But the fifth Beatle commonly known on the White Album that played on George Harrison's um, While My Guitar Gently Weeps was? I don't know. Eric Clapton. No way. Oh, yeah, yeah. Clapton played lead on While My Guitar Gently Weeps. Wow. I love this show even more now. Hey, uh, are you coming next week? I'm sorry? Are you coming back next week? No, no. Pete's back next week. I'll continue (laughs) a a little bit of fill-in work for WBT when I can. I'd love to. Frankly, I'd love to. We can do this remote, to be honest with you, and I'd love to come back to Charlotte and do a book signing sometime. Yeah. Um, But independent bookstores are like two steps behind newspapers. They don't have any money. (laughs) I know. It's true. But, man, uh, keep doing what you're doing because it's so disheartening to be out here and hearing people bashing Republicans, bashing Trump, bashing our way of life, and it's really nice somebody like you who um, speaks the truth. Hey, thank you so much. I'm glad you waited, Rick. Thanks for the nice comments. Great to hear your musicology, and that's what it is, musicology, historical tour de force of music. And by the way, um, you know, just goes to show you, you like great politics and you like great music. Maybe they go hand in hand. I bet another guy, I bet another guy that was old enough to see McCartney in 93 was Boomer Von Cannon. He was probably, I'd say... 60, 58 at the time, right? Right in there? That's right. Yes, sir, that's it. Hey, I remember that show very well, though, the 93 show. Yeah. Oh, it was incredible. And uh, that was on the Fox Network. And uh, That's right, a fledgling thing. Fox Network. Hey, Jason, I'll tell you something about that show, too. Uh, I know this from some very good sources because they were part of it, part of the tour. Uh, some of the record people and some of the promoters, they were in Charlotte. McCartney does not like to stay in new hotels. He likes the vintage classic places. So they stayed at the Dunhill. Yeah, they sure did. And uh, cause that's what he preferred, you know, the twelve foot ceilings on it. Right anyway, downtown. They after the show, they get back. They have that little back road takes you out of the pavilion, back out on Highway Forty Nine. You can be downtown in ten minutes while mm-hmm. everyone else is still walking to the car. They get back to the Dunhill. They get about three or four bottles of wine. They walk up and down Tryon Street. At that time, that was a business district. There were like two bars, and that was yeah. it. McCartney talked about it later. Said, "I was thinking, he said, it's a beautiful. Oh, this place is beautiful. It's a building, and you can see the resurgence. It's really coming along. No one recognized them. I got a, I, no. I, that's one. a great story. I've got a follow up on that. One of my favorite Beatles tunes because it literally mocks mocks the '60s hippie crowd, Abby Hoffman and company, and all these people protesting in the street. Yeah, well, we'd love to change your head too, but when you go carrying pictures of Chairman Mao." You ain't going to make it with anyone anyhow. I mean, that still resonates today. Oh, gosh, I'd like to tell AOC that, but I wouldn't sing it. 704-570-1110, Jason Lewis uh, here in for Pete. 
You're listening to the best bumper music you'll ever hear on WBT this hour. And a lot of people like it, including our friend Boomer Von Cannon. Now, Boomer just did a huge deep dive into the McCartney concert at the Blockbuster Pavilion in 1993. For you young people, that's when music was music, when rock was rock. And by the way, his encore song, nobody has mentioned it, was um, Band on the Run. Classic tune. So... Boomer's right. In fact, I, I I know this because I was there, and McCartney stays at the Dunhill downtown. They they get there from the Blockbuster Pavilion in record time, and there's two things I want to add to Boomer's story that they just loved it down there. They could walk down the street drinking wine and and you know as rockers will, and the two things I would add was there was a reporter for WBTV who basically was stalking out the place. Uh, and found him when he got out of the limo. How does it feel to be in Charlotte? It's great, man. It's great. And it's a great little clip. And I don't know. I, to this day, I don't know if WBTV has it, but they ought, to, they ought to find it back in the summer of 93. And then the other story that, that relates to Boomer's story about staying at the hotel was the fight that Paul and Linda apparently got into. I don't know if you know this, Boomer, but McCartney likes these old hotels, and he's sort of a back-to-nature guy. And it was a hot summer night in Charlotte. But he wanted the windows open. And the Dunhill, how many stories does, did Dunhill have at the time? Maybe 10, right? Maybe 10, 12. I'm 10. Eight, yeah. eight or 10, something well, like that. So they're not, yeah, just a few. Yeah, they're not up that high. Mm-hmm. And he kept opening the windows, and she'd come back and slam them shut, and they got into a big row over it. <laughs> So that's a, it's just a great story and a, a great time to be in Charlotte, too. It was. It was tremendous, man. The town was busting. I mean, it, oh, it, that was a big it, deal. It was. The cranes going up everywhere. The town was blowing up. It was great. Oh, that was before the Panthers. Yes, sir. It was before Uptown really took off yes, again. They were trying to revitalize it. Yes, sir. Uh, and, and before, certainly, Charlotte was, you know, had any blockbuster names like Paul McCartney. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, great Who's Great this guy stuff. walking down the street, these young people having a big time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All these service workers going like, who are these young people, man? Yeah, you got it. Only happens to be one of the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> Boomer, great story. Thanks Thank for sharing. Thank you so much, Jason. My pleasure, bud. Let's go to Paul. He's on line two, and he's on WBT. Hey, thanks so much for taking my call. I really appreciate it. You bet. I'm a life, lifelong Beatles fan since I was a little boy. I was born in 1960. Well, you know what? You're almost as old as I am. Almost. Yeah. Well, you can't stump me on Beatles trivia, so go ahead and give it a shot. Um, The first question is, um, there was a story that Paul McCartney was killed in a car crash in 1966. Sure. Um, A doppelganger photograph of him was placed in, in the album The Beatles, commonly known as the White Album. Right. Uh, do you know the name of the uh, person that was in that photograph? That that's uh, almost spit spitting image of Paul McCartney. I do not, and I never. And I got the original White Album. I still have my original one from from winter nineteen sixty eight, and I don't remember that photograph. There's there's a very small photograph inside the. Um, well, there were four. There were four eight by ten photographs in that album, and then there was one big poster. Is that what you're talking about? 
Um, no, there's there was a whole bunch of smaller pictures. Yeah, yeah. There was a uh, right. There, there was a poster of smaller pictures called snapshots or something or Polaroids yeah, or something like. Look that. for the picture. Look for the picture with a guy with glasses and a mustache that looks like Paul McCartney. Okay. Um, his, his name was William Campbell from Canada, and supposedly um, that's where they got the name Billy Shears from. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, my, from from my, Sergeant Piper, my second, sure. Trivia question. Well, now let me let me give you the let me give you another trivia. Then I'll throw it back at you. It's a good. It's a great great story. But you know how the whole rumor started. There's an essence yeah. of truth in every rumor, right? You know, he Absolutely. he was imbibing a little bit one night, and um, he was on his bicycle. Actually, he wasn't imbibing. He was on his his bicycle or motorbike. Looked up at the full moon hit something in the road, fell, smashed his his face all to, to heck, had a big cut in his lip, and to this day still has a scar on his lip that heretofore was not evident when they came on the scene, had to go to the doctor that night who was half in the bag drinking and get it stitched up. If you recall, there was a video, and it might have been nowhere man or i feel fine or somewhere something in that era maybe paperback writer but he's got a chipped tooth and a swollen lip and at that point everybody says that's not paul mccartney yep and but it was of course (laughs) and if if you look if you look at the pictures from 1966 to 67 he definitely looks different i don't you you don't believe that do you and then he grew a beard over his shin so I believe something happened. I don't believe Paul was dead, but I think he had some type of injury that. Um, well, no, that was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know if they wanted to cover up, but that was the deal. He, I mean, his tooth was really bad shape till he got it fixed, and he's got this scar on his lip to this day. But the 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 point was that's how the rumor started that oh god he, he's different. But there's one clear reason why it was all hooey, and I think they had some fun with it with the Abbey Road walk across the sidewalk clues and all of that. But there was one real easy way to, to realize it's bunk, and that is you could never find someone else that would have the same look and the same musical talent to be able to continue writing these songs over the years. I mean, it's one in a million people, 10, 10 million, 20 million. So I think he just had that accident, and then the rumor took off, and, and, and they, had some, they had some fun with it. But, hey, great call. Thanks. Appreciate it. Anyways, I, I had a second trivia question. All right, quickly. There was only one other musician that was ever given credit on a Beatles song. Can you name the song and the musician? Well, if you name the song, I might have a shot at the musician. Get back. Oh, Billy Preston. Yeah, there you go. Billy, and, what, and he just what, died what a couple of years ago. Tomorrow night in Kannapolis, Grand Funk Railroad is playing for a free concert. Oh, that's awesome. They were great in the early 70s. Yeah, Grand Funk was great. Hey, great call. Yeah, Billy Preston, that is true. I don't know if you saw the new, was it, um, what streaming uh, was it on? Was it on Paramount or Disney? But the Get Back video that they just released last winter. But it was all of the filming surrounding the um, Let It Be album. And Preston's all over the place. Uh, Billy was great. Billy Preston, fantastic talent. And you're quite right, um, Played played on the Get Back album, and Clapton was the lead guitarist, but he did not get the credit 
on on the White Album on While My Guitar Gently Weeps. Some fun here with Beatle Trivia on a Beatle Bumper Friday. Coming up next hour, though, uh, we'll continue with this for a little while. And then later on, I do want to get back to Bidenomics and how it's failing and why the root cause of the failure is government spending. And so what we're going to do... Uh, coming up a little a little later next hour, I'm going to play a clip from my audio version of my book, Party Animal, which takes a deep dive into the economics of Bidenomics. I think you'll enjoy it. Gives you a taste of the audio version of Party Animal, the truth about President Trump, power politics, and the partisan press on WBT.